Chapter Three of Overruled by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three. Poor Hannah. In all the wide range of topics for conversation, there seemed to be no two upon which Mrs. Ralph Bramlett and her sister-in-law Hannah could agree. Poor Hannah had begun by making the mistake which is often made under similar circumstances, that of trying to advise, in some senses even to control, her new sister. Failing utterly in that, she had been unsparing of her censures but within the last few weeks the two had in a certain sense changed places mrs bramlett having turned mentor there was at first a degree of comfort or at least a lurking sense of satisfaction in the thought of something tangible to complain of a curious state of things existed hannah bramlett had passed her twenty-eighth birthday and through all the years as far back as her sister-in-law could remember her had been a pattern of dignity and propriety she had been a reserved woman always with her own sex and almost if not quite prudish in her intercourse with gentlemen now when she had quite passed the age in which one might naturally look for imprudences she had become one of the most talked about young women in the neighbourhood and of all persons with whom to associate her name that of jack taylor seemed to her sister-in-law the worst who is jack taylor anyway she had asked once or twice of her husband or of hannah herself and her lip had curled in a way which indicated that she at least knew who he was and that her knowledge was not to his advantage poor jack certainly had an unenviable record behind him a worthless drunken fellow a ne'er-do-will in any direction an unprincipled creature a man who killed his wife by dissipation and neglect this was the verdict variously phrased according to the style of the speaker that one was sure to receive when one questioned concerning him it is true that jack had not drank any liquor for several months and was keeping himself as steadily at work as previous habits of superficiality and his general reputation would admit but when every good thing which could be said of him was freely admitted the question was why should hannah bramlett permit his almost daily visits not only this but that estimable young woman walked the streets with him allowed him to attend her home from the weekly prayer meetings and from other public places she allowed him to linger at the gate not merely for a few minutes but sometimes for a full half hour indeed there were watchers who confirmed that on certain occasions it had been an hour and ten minutes by the clock before the vigil closed mrs bramlett when in her indignation she had told off his sister's sins to her husband had not exaggerated the stories the truth is as they had come to her through the medium of her washerwoman reported by the aforesaid lena they had been sufficiently offensive and she had not been tempted to add even a shade of meaning the tongues of a certain class of people were undoubtedly busying themselves with hannah bramlett's affairs mrs bramlett was loyal enough to her husband's family to be genuinely alarmed at this it was one thing to find fault with hannah herself it was quite another to have the neighbourhood gossips making free with her name 
that lurking sense of satisfaction which the matron had felt when she first realized the opportunity for criticism had entirely passed she realized the importance of urging her husband to the rescue all things considered it will be understood i think that she came to the evening in question unfitted to be helpful to the nerves of a weary debt-haunted husband she had made a braver effort than ralph bramlett would perhaps ever understand to rise above the disturbances of the day she would have been able perhaps to have met him halfway but as has been noted he did not meet her halfway and when she introduced his sister as a topic for conversation he did not give her credit for genuine anxiety but believed that she had selected simply another theme for his annoyance with such a series of discomforts and misunderstandings acting upon two such natures as ralph bramlett and his wife how could the evening have ended other than it did while estelle bramlett in her pretty sitting-room was indulging her disappointed and bitter thoughts and ralph bramlett in his library was staring at unpaid bills and inwardly groaning at the sight mrs edmonds and her daughter marjorie sat together in their cheerful back parlor which though they had been at home so short a time had already taken on that mysterious resemblance to themselves which is a peculiarity of certain rooms mrs edmonds had sewing materials about her and the last magazine with freshly cut leaves was waiting for marjorie to entertain her so soon as the letter she was writing should be finished but marjorie's pen had stopped and was being balanced on one finger in an absent-minded way while its owner sat lost in thought mrs edmonds had watched her silently for several minutes at last she spoke well marjorie is that letter unusually hard to write the letter oh no mother that is finished at least i have only a sentence or two to add i had forgotten it i noticed that your thoughts seem to be very closely occupied if i am to judge from your face the reverie is not altogether a pleasant one marjorie smiled did i look cross mother i must have a very tell-tale face then after a moment to tell the truth i have not been able to get away from some of the things that glyde told me this afternoon she is troubled about estelle and ralph mrs edmonds sewed steadily for several seconds she could not decide whether to question or be silent at last she said what about them anything new that is i mean anything different from what you expected yes said marjorie in a low voice i think my faith had other expectations we have been praying for a long time there seemed to be no reply to make to this after another silence the mother questioned again what does glyde say oh nothing pronounced of course that is nothing which she meant to have definite but she is such a guileless little creature that she tells more than she imagines they have both it seemed quite given up the habit of attending prayer meeting and they do not even have family worship in fact i gather from glyde's talk that their attendance at church on sundays is so extremely irregular that it is almost beginning to be marked when they are present instead of when they are absent of course glyde did not say this 
but from her troubled face when she talked about the hindrances in their religious life i gathered it halfway living is not like ralph with him it must be all or nothing what is there mother that we can do to help them it was hard for mrs edmonds to reply if she had spoken the hope of her inmost soul it would have been that her marjorie should let ralph bramlett and his new wife entirely alone forget their existence as much as possible and live her own sweet strong life without regard to their petty one but neither policy nor conscience would agree to such speaking so she hesitated presently marjorie answered her silence i know mother that you sometimes find it difficult to understand my persistent interest in these two but we were children together you remember and i realize now that i influenced them both much more than i was aware at the time i sometimes think that they are living out the life which i fostered in them and if my influence had been different why she spoke in half sentences with distinct pauses between as though it was difficult to formulate her thought but her mother made haste to answer really marjorie i must say i think that is mere sentimentalism people must live their own lives ralph and estelle have reached the age of maturity and are responsible for their own doings and their own failures to foster in them a notion that other people are to blame is merely to help them in a line of self-excuse to which both are only too prone already if i am not mistaken in them it was ralph's besetment from his babyhood i know said marjorie quickly i remember you used always to say so of course i do not mean to say anything of this sort to them i was merely thinking aloud but you do not mean that we are not responsible for the influence which we exert to a degree we are of course and i do not deny that if you had been a christian from your childhood you might have influenced for good not only those two but your other companions but all that is past it is a sorrowful fact that we cannot undo the past the thought ought certainly to make us more careful of our present but unavailing regrets an attempt to accomplish in the present what belongs to the past weaken our influence over others and savor of sentiment more than religion marjorie laughed pleasantly mother dear she said it is the first time i ever knew you to accuse me of sentimentality have i not generally been almost too matter-of-fact to suit your poetic temperament i assure you i mean the merest commonplace now i have shed many tears over past follies and put them away it is the present that interests me if i can but do my duty now i shall leave the past mistakes with him who has promised to hide them but i frankly admit that i am more interested in ralph and estelle than in any other friends of mine and ideally ask god to show me ways of helping them it was the predominant thought in our homecoming i had a feeling that they were in need of help aside from this mother you and i can do no less than try we have covenanted to do so you remember i promised to pray for them said mrs edmonds in a low troubled tone yes but what is prayer worth unless we supplement it so far as possible by effort poor mrs edmonds 
she was willing to pray during the period of her natural life for these two friends of her daughter's girlhood but to come into daily social contact with them to feel that her daughter was interesting herself in them in a special manner planning for them giving herself as it were to efforts on their behalf was an experience from which she shrank with an intensity that she vainly told herself was utter folly to understand her feeling one would need to realize what it was for a mother to look forward for a year or two to the probable marriage of her daughter with a young man of whom she did not approve and then to feel herself suddenly lifted above the danger by the marriage of the young man to another woman and yet to feel that her daughter's life had been scarred at least by the experience more than that this mother knew that the scar had been deep if her daughter had come back to meet ralph bramlett with utter indifference the mother would have been satisfied would have felt that all was as it should be but to own to more than common interest in and anxiety for this man who had done what he could to make her life a wreck not only this but to proceed on this first quiet evening at home to plan ways of reaching and influencing him was more than the poor mother's faith was equal to once more marjorie answered the look on her face mother dear don't be anxious i am not going to do anything erratic nor in the least out of the line of the conventional i am thinking only of an afternoon call upon estelle an informal running in such as she is not willing to give me it seems glyde said she asked her to come this afternoon and she declined because it would be more proper to call first with her husband think of such formalities between estelle douglas and myself and marjorie laughed lightly i shall forestall all such proprieties by going to-morrow i think to have a little old-time chat with her and establish her if possible upon a friendly footing then in time i shall hope to be able to influence her in the direction of her highest good and through her to reach ralph i am afraid the poor fellow is troubled in more ways than one glyde thinks he is unhappy in his business relations i never believed that his conscience would permit him to continue in peace as bookkeeper in a distillery mrs edmonds opened her lips to say that she did not believe he had any conscience then she closed them again with the words unspoken of what use if i could through estelle marjorie went on help him to see that to connect himself with such a business however remotely was his first mistake and persuade him to get right with his conscience in that direction i should have hope for the rest do you not think mother that it may have been the starting point with him no dear i think the starting point as you call it was way back in his childhood or early youth his moral nature was never strong and his obstinacy that strong point in a weak nature was always at the front the trouble is that you invested ralph from his childhood with qualities that he did not possess and because as a man he did not exhibit them he keeps you in a constant state of disappointment my opinion is that ralph bramlett will have to be entirely made over before he will be other than a disappointment to those of his friends who have his highest interests at heart marjorie made no effort to argue the question 
in her heart she believed that her mother was hopelessly prejudiced against this old friend of hers very well mamma she said quietly you and i must remember that the grace of god can do exactly that for people then after a moment's silence she changed the subject or rather brought forward another form of what was to her the same subject the gossips of this locality are still alive mother i think it will astonish you to hear whose name they are making free with now of all women in the world i should have expected hannah bramlett to escape such ordeals hannah bramlett exclaimed mrs edmonds surprised out of her instinctive reserve in which she encased herself whenever the bramlett name was under discussion what can they possibly find to gossip about in her that is the most extraordinary part of it do you remember that jack taylor whose wife i stayed with while mr maxwell went for a doctor and who died while i was in the house hannah you know interested herself in the poor wretch tried to help him to get work and to keep away from the saloons she succeeded too i heard before we left home that she was having a really remarkable influence over him it seems that her efforts have continued and have been crowned with such success that poor jack has not taken a drop for months and he works steadily every day he has earned himself some decent clothes and goes to church quite regularly but now the gossips who let him travel toward destruction without a word are interesting themselves in him and in hannah to a degree that is startling but in what way asked mrs edmonds bewildered surely no one disapproves of helping a poor wretch to reform no but having reformed he becomes a legitimate subject it seems for idle tongues glyde thinks poor hannah has been thoughtless perhaps she has allowed him to come often to see her and has walked with him on the streets quite often and has stood talking with him at her own gate once or twice probably until a later hour than custom approves and the gossips who seem to be delighted with the whole subject have taken hold of it and added what they pleased to make it interesting until now glyde says the street corner loungers speak of hannah as jack taylor's best girl and ask him when he is going to get his house ready for her is it possible said mrs edmonds what an absurdly imprudent condition of things for a woman of her age to be beguiled into it must be that that bramlett family are all devoid of common sense and then marjorie resolved that she would talk no more with her mother about the bramlets End of chapter three